put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen worlds, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to Raider Cop Podcast, episode 282, titled Real-Time Policing, as we continue to navigate through the behind-the-scenes in law enforcement. So many times citizens think all they do is drive around, eat donuts, and respond to cats and trees. But the actual reality is there's a lot of things brewing behind the scenes. And we here at Raider Cop Podcast want to educate you, the listener, because our evil little friends on the left can easily defund something that you didn't even know you were funding. Therefore, knowing what's going on behind the curtain makes you and everyone around you a lot safer. What's coming up in our agenda after this show? Well, December 7th, Duty Weapon, Tactical and Sidearms, Episode 283 will discuss the kind of armament law enforcement officers are using nowadays. December 14th, the Wise Guys series as we dive into the Genovese crime family and the most mysterious mafioso ever that was only discussed once in 1963 by Joe Valachi when he talked about a consigliere of the the Luciano family by the name of Sandino. That's all he knew. He didn't know anything else about him. So we'll discuss the mysterious Sandino. December 21st, episode 285, we will discuss OCB, Organized Crime Bureau. Is that thing still around? Or are they looking at uh, Donald Trump's underwear, the FBI. And uh, we will wrap up Season 5, December 28th, myself and my co-host for Season 6, M&M, as we discuss Season 6 with you, the audience. What's coming up in uh, 2023? So we got a lot on the agenda. As always, it's time to get our short bus and get it all ready so you can understand how real-time policing is working for you and those around you. Time for the short bus. Pay attention. (laughs) 
gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the main event. Real Time Policing, episode 282. I'm your host, Alpha Mike on Raider Cop Podcast. It's Official government, federal government name is real-time crime centers, right? Because most of this, as they pop up in jurisdictions all around the country, are paid for by federal tax dollars. Of course, local police agencies have to step up, raise their hand and say, me too. Now, this has not been a new thing. It all started in the NYPD, New York City Police Department, probably about 15 years ago when Commissioner Ray Kelly of the NYPD started looking for better resources to attack real crime on real time. And it has ballooned ever since catching fire. The mission of the real-time crime centers to provide law enforcement agencies with the ability to capitalize on a wide and expandable range of technologies for effective and efficient policing. So we're going to tap into some resources via technology of course we'll explain a little bit more because it's going to get really interesting a couple of other items that they're going to be doing with this real-time policing the command center will have the ability to do immediate response to crime with resources now the computer of course is one of the number one resources used in law enforcement today. But imagine, if you will, driving a vehicle, responding to a call, and typing with your other hand on your computer terminal inside your vehicle as you try to obtain information on the call that you just received, but you should really be looking down the road so you can get there safely. With the real-time policing, centers, they do all this before the officer even arrives. You see, the plan is to capitalize on the three to five minutes that it might take those officers to arrive to that scene. The coordination will be done by sworn personnel and non-sworn personnel with resources. Now, We had a podcast way back when on what does it mean to be sworn. And law enforcement officers take an oath to uphold to the laws of their community, their state, and of course of the United States of America. They are also sworn to secrecy in the investigations they might be conducting and, of course, to be a loyal 
law enforcement officers. Non-sworn don't raise their hand. They just, we all kind of assume they're going to do what they're supposed to do. Well, these two worlds will meet in obtaining real-time resource material for those officers or detectives that are responding to that real-time call. More areas that they're going to have uh, that they're going to be looking at with these real uh, with these crime centers, the real-time crime centers, is high crime areas. They can pinpoint that on maps what areas are really high end hotspots and kind of identify what building has what, what's going on in real time as those officers are heading in that direction. They also have uh, the ability to capture crime in progress with cameras. And we'll explain that in a little bit too. But today we live in a world where everybody is capturing things live with cameras. You have doorbell cameras, you have just plane cameras, you have traffic cameras, and you've got a multitude of people with cell phones. So that crime in progress is important with that camera. Large-scale public events is also an area that they want to respond to very quickly. To respond in real time is the essential of this mission and operation with the real-time crime centers. The RTCC, which is the real-time crime centers, may vary depending on agency resources and size of agency. So not all real-time centers are created equal. Some places, some jurisdictions will have, like New York, maybe 30 detectives, 60 detectives working in a real crime center, while other jurisdictions can only afford maybe two. Some might not have as much video camera feed than others, uh, cities or towns that are a lot smaller. So therefore, not all these centers are actually created equal, but all have the same mission statement, catch the bad guy in real time. Now, a couple of uh, items they're going to need as the officers or detectives are arriving on this scene, online analysis of everything. And here's just a small list of some of the things they're going to be looking at. It. Now, a lot of these crime centers or real-time centers have a lot of manpower, okay? Or do I, can I, am I allowed to say manpower or it power or deep or women power? But there's a lot of employees that need to be there. Research is essential. Remember, we've got time is of the essence and we need that information as fast as possible. 
So the dispatch times, depending on jurisdiction, may vary, of course, but between three and five minutes to before the officer starts exiting a vehicle, a lot of the analysis should have been uh, done or started to give them much more material as they walk into that crime scene. Now, the information that the analysts are going to look at, uh, they can look at video feed. For let's say you arrive and they said they just left in a brown Buick Skylark. Boy, I'm dating myself now. Uh, and they went in that direction. They can give out that description. Buick Skylark Brown heading in, let's say, the north direction of the street. And the crime center, all those businesses that have opted in to be part of the crime camera network will allow their footage to be seen. And we could actually see the brown Skylark Buick heading northbound. And we could probably capture it while it's in motion. Or we can identify right time it went by and what direction of travel and it is good information for those detectives to know a couple of other things is data records right let's say there was a tattoo noted on the subject he had two let's say distinct tattoos on his forearms and he can describe them maybe it was an association of a group or maybe it was a specific symbol they can kind of tell the real-time center the subject had this that and the other thing type of tattoo and they can tap into prison tattoo records where everybody is duly recorded as they come into intake and they can narrow who a possible former prisoner or inmate carrying that type of tattoos, who they might be. You never know, you might have your suspect right there uh, in front of you on that data record. Police surveillance cameras network is what uh, businesses and people can volunteer to give the footage of their video to police at a moment's notice. It is a tremendous crime a fighter, and a lot of businesses will raise their hand and jump on the opportunity to be a member of it because they may be a victim themselves in the future, and it's always good to share. And another example is tag readers. Now, tag readers... Sometimes you have vehicles, police vehicles that have these tag readers on the back of their trunk where they can analyze thousands and thousands, maybe 30,000 tags in, in several minutes on a very busy highway or street. And it tells the officer whether the tag is suspended, stolen, the vehicle is stolen, or whatever may be in the data records. The tag readers are also on street lights right right next to street light which you might think used to be the old uh, 
taking a red light camera. And, but that might take a picture of your tag and identify who you are. Big, big ticket item in some of these real-time investigations. Over uh, some of these tag readers can read over 1 million tags in a week. Oh, they're, they're very capable. Now, a couple of other things that the analysis will look at is who is the victim? Is the victim uh, somebody in the criminal world? Is the victim someone that is high profile? Is the is the victim just an innocent uh, Joe? So that's going to be analyzed as well. Any description of the subject, witnesses will also be looked at in research. Mapping of the area will be looked at in research. And social media, very important. A lot of people like to take pictures. And recently we've learned that social media is dealing with um, law enforcement such as the FBI on a daily or weekly basis. Well, some of that is good stuff. Some of it is, of course, negative. But there is a function of fighting crime with social media. Because believe it or not, a lot of goofballs like to post their stupidity. And if you can catch that in real time, then you've got the uh, potential of solving that crime. So what are we doing all this? What is the purpose of all the analysis? Only Not only to find somebody doing something wrong in that very instant and closing the gap and arresting that individual as fast as possible. It's also the beginning of this investigation or what's better known as an incident report. The report is going to go out and everything that everybody's doing and everything that is being analyzed and everything that is being added to the event becomes very important. Therefore, that incident report becomes the phenomenological role of the incident report. Or in simple language, the beginning of the evidence is all compiled in what everybody else is doing, right? I'm checking out the tag. I'm looking at video footage. So it's a team effort putting everything together. Okay, and the role of that incident report will be the phenomenological part starting the evidence trail, making it a solid case. So we basically have the crime scene, right? Resources on the crime scene, resources at the station or headquarters, whatever. Um, organization uses as their their hub and out in the field let's say they got a hit on a specific tattoo they got a last known uh, location this person might be living they can dispatch detectives right across town they're not assigned to the real-time station but they'll respond to that headquarters or that apartment building and look for that suspect. You can do that stuff in real time. 
So we go from crime scene to station or headquarters to field, and it's flowing back the information back and forth. Now, law enforcement has teamed up with some notable corporations in this event, and mostly IBM and Motorola Solutions. Now, some of the stuff that they're, you know, still working on, this is a work in progress, even though it's probably been around for over 13, 14, maybe 15 years. This all works in tandem, right? So the information comes in real time to this real-time crime center. They also, the real-time crime center, is working with the people in the agency out on the field. They may be working with other agencies to obtain information on the bad guy. They get intel. They can share intel, and they can also uh, send that into a fusion center that might be, remember the, was it, the Brown Buick Skylark. Maybe in that fusion center, there's a description of a Brown Buick Skylark doing multiple robberies. So the real-time center would help uh, that uh, those investigations as well. So IBM and uh, Motorola Solutions, they've been really uh, doing a, uh, an excellent job in over a decade making this a better and better situation for law enforcement to win and capture some of these bad guys. It, of course, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the bad guy because that's what law enforcement is uh charged with doing as fast as possible but they can't do it by themselves they need the tech world unfortunately and these two companies and there's probably a lot more that that are out there also doesn't mean that it is exclusive to them only but what they're contributing is quite large and not only that, what they're planning on the future. For for example, with uh, Motorola uh, Solutions, to give you an idea of the connectability of a police officer, how he or, or she or it or whatever you want to call the police officer would be equipped. They might have a heads-up display on smart glasses, Bluetooth remote speaker microphones, the biometric health monitor uh, on their person as well. They might be using a special uh, radio called an APX 8000 that allows them to transmit a lot quicker and a lot farther. Uh, they might even have sensors on their gun holsters. That's right, folks. So if the officer's on that scene and they take the gun out of the holster, the real crime center would know that the officer just took his weapon out. 
before he even transmits anything. An environmental sensor giving conditions around him as well. So this is a lot sort of like RoboCop type of stuff that they're doing. And it's getting better and better and better. As you could see, the importance of what we were talking about before, that a lot of our lefty little friends on the far, far left can easily defund things that you and I might not even know they're being funded. Real-time policing is important because it catches people in the act. It saves citizens from sure harm and death. The importance of all these resources that we've talked to thus far are very important. The Fusion Center, the real-time policing, the STOP program, the priority response teams, all these things save lives. There's many, many more programs as well. It's so important that you, Joe and Mary Citizen, know exactly what your town, municipality, or county or state is doing with regards to law enforcement. Are these programs in your jurisdiction? And if not, why not? Have they ever been funded? Does the federal government provide a grant? If so, how come they haven't tried to gain access to the grant? Your safety and those around you are very important. As we all know, voting is very important, but you don't only vote at the election box. You should be able to vote every day. You're exercising your rights and demanding that your safety and those around you are paramount to the police department that serves you. As always, continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, your friends, your community, and most importantly, the law enforcement agencies that serve you. But very, very important, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike. The cops are coming. I'm out.